Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Elijah Fire, episode 303. Today is Thursday, September 14th, 2023. This week has been one of those strange weeks where it's zooming by, but also feels like the things that happened at the beginning of the week feel like they happened last week. It's one of those weird, weird weeks, paradoxical. Um, but I've been having a good time, you guys. You know, I've been sitting, I've been working on merch. I've been working on the merch. I'm actually currently up, uh, upscaling our logos so that they can actually print on things and not look like barf. Uh, so very excited about that. It's very tedious, but I'm just excited. I know you guys have been waiting for a long time for merch. So have I. I want my Elijah Fire mug. Thank you very much. So um, I'm very excited. So uh, a lot of that, more details will follow on that. But I'm an hour processor, so I have to tell people everything that I'm doing at, at every moment. Um, if you guys are listening on Spotify and you're not yet following the Elijah Fire podcast, go ahead and give us a follow. That'll really help us out. Uh, and then, of course, if you're listening on the app, you know, rate this podcast. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, you can do the same thing. That'll really help us out. Also, I wanted to remind you guys uh, that we are doing a teaching series right now about Marriage 101. And if you're like Jeff, I know, but I'm not married. I think there's actually a lot to gain. We try to frame it so there's a lot by listening to people's stories. We're just having them tell their stories of how they met and the the process they went through in learning, uh, learning to have a healthy marriage. And um, everybody's story is different. And there's a lot to glean just by listening to people's stories, whether that's about marriage, whether that's about how they came to Jesus, whether that's about them going through a hard time, a lot of different things. So we just did part two or three yesterday. Uh, we released that and it was just super great, you guys. So uh, there's a lot to glean. That's actually how a lot of how I learned. It was kind of a two, two-pronged, uh, maybe if I think more about it, it'd be more than two-pronged, but was listening to other gleaning from other couples. Um, that's kind of how I learned Lauren and I both learned a lot about marriage was gleaning from other couples who, who are more seasoned, who have been through a lot and, and, uh, walked through marriage a considerable, considerable amount. And then also just seeking God's face together, seeking him together and allowing him to, to, to transform you and, and all that good stuff. Um, yeah, and Illumination even says, as a single person, I can confirm that there's such good content there for us singles. So we will also, I really do want to do a series about just relationships, period, and bring in some single people and, um, you know, just talk about dating and stuff like that. I think that'll really help out a lot of people too. Uh, but this is another great way because I've often said there are a lot of principles uh, that you can use to carry into both plutonic and ro romantic relationships, period. Um, just about conflict resolution, um, it, you know, not allowing. So anyways, just watch the series. It's really good. Um, and so our final episode is going to be next Wednesday. So you can catch up if you haven't, haven't watched them yet. So um, I think that's everything. Uh, you guys have heard us talk about the wells every week. And I think every week I mention this couple's name who are my guests today. Um, and, um, but you get to hear from them for yourself. And I got to know them a little bit, uh, in Israel and they're just great people. Um, really enjoyed the time I got to spend with them. And I know you guys are going to love it too. So, um, they are the founders of show mercy international. They also head up 
all of the well efforts that we're doing um, all over the place. Uh, they're amazing people. So let's give it up for my guests today, Mike and Lori Sally. Mike and Lori Sally, hello. Hello, Jeff. How are you? Doing fantastic. Welcome to Good. a live card for the first time. I know. We're so excited. Yeah. I wish I had confetti to, you know, well, release. You'll probably get some really good stuff for your marriage talks. There we go. From us. Because, I mean, we've there been, we been, we've been we together even, almost 30 years. And you we can, didn't even plan it. Content. We no. didn't even plan it. And it's the perfect next episode after a marriage episode how about that so yeah so you guys are the founders of show mercy for those who are new or need their memory jogged what is show mercy international so show mercy international is an organization we started about 20 years ago and we work in uganda africa and so we've been going over there like i said for 20 years we have a base called field of dreams you've probably mentioned that before you've heard steve mentioned on other shows and it's basically a mission space where people can come and reach out to the villages surrounding us. We do child care, like orphan care. We work with children that have been orphaned, abandoned, abused. We have a medical center there, a medical clinic, a birthing center for pregnant moms. Like I said, a missions base. We love having people come to Uganda with us and really minister to the people and get to experience God's love for for themselves as well so there's a lot of things that we do over there um mm -hmm. you want to share some more gosh so much so. just just reaching out but really as we share a little bit of our testimony today i think you'll see that show mercy was a surprise from god it wasn't something we pursued to start mm -hmm. and really it came out of a seeking god ourselves and discovering that fear really tried to hold us back mike and i would both say we never had a passion to travel overseas or to go and do missions. I hear so many people say, I have a passion for missions. That was not us, wow. but God was calling us. So we went and my personal story was kicking fear in the butt. Mm, and one thing wow. led to another. And then God said, do show mercy. And it's not just ministry to our friends in Uganda. We have a passion for people to come because you too can spend time in Uganda, get out of your comfort zone, and discover more of, of what he's called you to, whether you have a call to missions or not. I mm. still encourage every person to come with us because yeah, God seems to awaken things inside of you when you're out of your comfort zone. And whenever you push yourself to start doing the things we talk about and study about and listen to on Elijah Fire, you mm -hmm. get to actually go and do it. So yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Our mission is really to inspire people to live yeah. on purpose, you know, live intentionally every day of your life with purpose and mm. knowing that God's got something for you specifically, a plan for your life and mm -hmm. a purpose for your life. And I mean, the world today, we've talked about this before, but the world today is, can be so dark looking and there's so many people that are lacking hope yeah. and not sure what's going on in this crazy place. And without hope, without purpose in your life, it makes it really difficult to function even day to day. Yeah. And so our goal is to try to inspire people to know, first of all, that God has a plan for you. And mm -hmm. second of all, if you follow him, he's got great stuff for you and he'll take you on a journey that is going to be wilder than you could ever imagine. It may be different than you imagined. Come on. Yeah. I, I, that Definitely on that last part, different than you imagined for sure. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. yeah. yeah. So we never guys, expected to do this. So. Right. Yeah. And so you guys did all of this too. You guys have more than one. I know you have Caitlin is your daughter. Do you have more than one 
kid? Do you have two girls? Yeah, we have uh, two girls. So we have okay. Sarah as our other daughter. And yeah. uh, we just had a, our first grandbaby five months oh, ago. His congrats. name's Bennett. So, so she's the mother. And we have a, our son-in-law, Ryan. Yeah. That Sarah Mary. So yeah. Awesome. Caitlin is getting married in October. So we can't forget Brand. Yeah, so, we can't yeah. forget Brand. October weddings are awesome. Yes. Yeah. So um, but you guys also did this while you had kids, right? You know, seeking this while you had kids. And I think the reason why I wanted to point that out is because I know there's a lot of I've heard every excuse in the book in, in terms of when I was in missions and people you know, reasons not to do missions or reasons not to do anything, not just in missions, anything that God has asked them to do of going, oh, well, but I have kids and I have this, but you guys actually did all this and, and sought this, pursued this um, with kids, right? True. Yeah, yeah. they were little True. at the time, you know, they were yeah. little. Three, three and five, three and five. We first started our journey. So yeah, yeah, and, it was, it's, it's been interesting and they've been, you never know, like whenever you're, you're pursuing the Lord and you're, you feel like sometimes you're dragging your kids along and the whole time, you know, you're praying and you're trying to get them engaged, but still they're kids and you know, they're, yeah. they're hungry for the Lord. Sometimes they're just following you along because they're mm-hmm. feel like you're forcing them. But, um, Sarah and Caitlin, they're 26 and 24 and Caitlin actually is on staff with show mercy and Sarah's a nurse now, but they both love the Lord. And, and I mean, they had moments. I remember sitting at the dinner table where the kids would say, would you like me to set a place for show mercy? Like sarcastically, Oh like, man, please not talk about show mercy anymore. But now they're, they're just both, you know, a part of what we do. So it oh, was great. It was actually even, you know, with the kids, with Sarah specifically in Uganda, you know, we mm-hmm. lived there for a season in 2012 and that's where she got a passion for nursing. She, you know, oh, we're in Uganda, awesome. schools are a little bit different, you know? So we had a medical clinic there. And she was what, 15 or so, something like that. Yeah. But she would go into the medical clinic and they would teach her how to do malaria testing and stuff wow. like that. She's a really bold and courageous woman. So it actually helped our kids, I believe, a lot um, being exposed to that and, and being being around parents that, especially a mother like this one, who is so passionate about the Lord all the time. Yeah. I think it really, you know, he's alive. He's a, He's real. He's working in our lives and they saw that all the time. I love that. Love it. So we're going to talk in a little bit. We're going to really get into the bones of your guys's journey and, and really, uh, cause it's, it's really unique. Um, especially in regards to you guys were like, we weren't the people that were like, we want to go to missions and absolutely. Yes, God, please send me here. I am send me, you know, um, that you didn't come by that naturally. And so I, I love that. And so I'm really, really excited because I haven't heard this. Whole, I haven't heard it myself. So very excited. But before we do that, we wanted to take a moment to talk about the wells and what's been going, because you guys are the, you're the guy, you're the people, you know, like you're, you're the ones that are, that, um, you know, have been a great asset to us at Elijah's dreams, Elijah fire. Um, so let's talk about that a little bit. What, what's going on with the wells, you guys? So, so this whole water thing is just really crazy. If you think about it, we had been doing show mercy many, many years and we had done a few water projects, but not a whole lot of them. We did, we had done six wells over 15, 17 years. And I don't, we had somebody, this is part of the reason we like people to go on trips because we had a, we had a lady come on a trip with us and she went out and she began to see the need for water. And she's just an average person on a mission trip. 
And she came back to us and she said, I want to do something for these people with clean water. So we were like, okay, let's just, let's do something. That's fine. She goes, I want to raise money for a well. And she ended up, we put a little website together for her. She get, began doing some fundraising. Next thing you know, she's raised enough money for one well. And so we're like, oh, wow, this is pretty, this is pretty cool. Let's drill a yeah. well. And, you know, you're talking about situations where people have to walk miles to get water. And a lot of times the water they're picking up is dirty and contaminated. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's obviously a great thing to do. And it opens up people's hearts to, to the gospel and to what you're doing in the area. So we drilled this well. And then a, a friend of hers is like, hey, I want to do one as well. I want to do a well. So we had more money coming for another well. And then her friend, I want to do a well. And so next thing you know, I believe, Lori, you want to talk about Yeah, so then I was like, well, if she's reaching out to people, I need to reach out to people. And so I sent a message to Steve, Steve and Doreen. We've been friends with them for over 20 years. I just reached out to him and I said, hey, Steve, would you pray about doing a water well? And he didn't even hesitate. He's like, Uh, yeah, I'm on it. We're going to do a water well. (laughs) Yeah. He was like, I'm going to do a water well. And and like a long time ago, I can remember Steve sharing that the Lord spoke to him orphans and clean water. And I think the Lord reminded him of that as I reached out to him. And I know, I know they've donated for clean water in other areas, but I think it was what God was doing at this particular time. And then he began to do more and donate. Elijah streams began to donate more. And then the next thing we know Actually, I want to share this little story because it's cool. We, we had taken a trip last March to Uganda and there was this one girl that she's in our sponsorship program. And when we first started, you know, I knew all the kids. I knew all their names, but we've gotten so big. I, I can't I don't know all their names and all their stories. But there was this one one girl. She wanted to see me. She knew I was coming in town and I don't actually think I knew her, but I said, okay, this is abnormal for one of the kids to petition my team to say, I must see Mama Lori. So I was like, okay, put it in my schedule. I have to go see her. I went to go see her and she actually had a dream for me. And she said in the dream, she saw show mercy expanding. And what she saw was what she heard. She kept saying Indians. I I keep hearing Indians. And and she thought it meant show mercy was going to expand into India. Okay. And I've been to India and I was like, in my heart, I was like, no, I, I don't feel like India is it. But I didn't say that. I was like, you know, cheering her on. Like, thanks for sharing the dream. That's awesome. You know, we'll pray about it. Well, we yeah. get back in March and Steve calls us and he says, I feel like you're supposed to be on the Elijah Streams team too, helping to bring clean water. And he has a passion for the Indian nations here in the United States. And he said, would you help us pioneer getting clean water to the reservations? And at first I was like, he was asking Mike mostly. And then he said, and I want Lori because y'all are a pair. Mm. And, and I was like, okay, Mike, you know, you can do that, but I don't think I can do show mercy and work at Elijah's dreams full time, helping to do that. And then we were in the car and the Holy spirit said, Hey, remember Stella's dream about Indians. Yeah. And I was like, Oh my gosh, we have to do this. (laughs) And so that's how it started. And now Elijah Streams has done 159 water wells in Uganda with Show Mercy. And how many more? Like 20, not 20. Steve's always asking us the numbers and it changes so often. It's it's like 172 or something like that. Total 172. And we've we've been helping to pioneer in other nations and we've done several here in the United States as well. So Mm. we we just got back from a trip and we actually wanted to share a story, which this is, you know, we talk about, the number of wells and sometimes when you talk in like big numbers, cause there's probably 60,000 or more people 
that have received clean water through Elijah streams. That's a Incredible. lot of people. That is a, a lot of you know, people. A lot of people. But when you're thinking about numbers, sometimes you don't realize that these are 60,000 individual people who all have a story, who all have right. like a struggle in their life in the past with clean water. And so when you start seeing the faces of these people, it becomes a lot more real to you, you know, what you're doing when you're providing this water. So I wanted to share, we, we went, we went our team, we said, Hey, we want to go see some of these wells. Cause we obviously haven't seen them all. We wanted to see some of the wells that Elijah streams has done and, and the contributors for Elijah fire have done. So she, he took us out to this village and we walk up to this well. I think can we go to the, the old source first. I can't remember. But, I don't remember on that one. But this lady, Florence. Yeah. She comes running up to us, and I think we have a, you have a picture of her. I do. And she yeah. she begins speaking and speaking in in, in Luganda language. Just just so excited to see us. And so we got our team over to to talk to her and figure out what is she saying, why is she so excited, what's the story. And so this is the story. We have our teams go out and look for areas and people that we can partner with that will like donate land and allow us to drill the water in their land. And so this lady was she knew that God was calling her to have a well on her property for the community. And there's a lot of people around there. And so the surveyors go out to look for water and they have their machines and they go out to her property and they do the survey and they come back and they say, I'm sorry, there's no there's not. This is not a good place to drill. There's no water there. And so she was very disappointed. She just was, no, no, I know that God has told me this. So they left and they went to another location, not too far, mm -hmm. and found another spot that did have water. And But the people that were there, the family couldn't come together and agree upon donating the land. And so she heard about this and said, you have to come back to my property. Well, I think you're missing part of the story is between whenever they came, they didn't find water. And then when they left, she did hear that there was another family that that did have water in their property, but she said she reached down, grabbed the soil, held it up to the Lord and said, I know you've told me that I'm going to have water here mm. and I am just declaring mm. it. I don't know exactly what okay. she said, but when we met her, she was like just this strong, she's an intercessor, strong woman of faith, and she just declared it. They will come back and find water and we will have the mm -hmm. water well here and I will preach the gospel. And sure enough, that other family was squabbling. They couldn't, they couldn't come to an agreement to donate their land for the water. So the surveyors were coming back and she stopped them. And she's like, you've got to check again. So they checked on another part of her property. And it was exactly where she had reached yeah. down and grabbed the dirt. Come and on. they found water. And that's where the water well is to this day. Yeah, yeah. come on. She was, she was so excited. You know, she's got kids over there pumping the well. And just smiling, you can see her see her face there, just so excited about, about what God had done for mm. her. And that's the thing. She's one of the individuals, you know, God sees each one of us. He doesn't see groups, he doesn't see just like millions of people. He sees each one of us. Every right. person right now, he's he's looking at you. He cares mm. about you. He cares about your needs, your hurts, your your desires, your purpose in life. And that's one of the stories that we're hearing from people is that. You know, we we now know that God loves us, that Jesus loves me because you came here and you don't have anything to gain 
right. by coming to our village and providing water. But we know that God sent mm. you, and that means he cares about us. And so mm. the, water, the water project has been really, really awesome. It's incredible. Florence yeah. totally inspired me. I was like, I want to be like Florence. I know. I How could she not? that yeah. shirt and yeah. start claiming it like she did it and it happened it was the amount of faith that just like i I, yeah i'm so moved by that too just like okay what are some areas in my life that god has spoken to me about that i'm not exercising my faith in that way thanks for listening the elijah fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours to become a partner visit elijahfire.com slash give you know and and really believing that god is going to ah man yeah yeah. When, when you live over there, you have to have faith. Yeah. Because, you, know, uh, you know, we take for granted a lot of things that we're going to have yeah. food. We're going to have water. We're going to have free education. We're going to have all these things. Uh, we're, we're not going to have to you know, go outside and get bit by a mosquito and possibly die. I mean, there's a lot of, you right. know, there's yeah. a lot of things or, you know, so over there, people learn to, to trust that God's going to take care of them, you know, mm. and they really believe in prayer. And, yeah. 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 They don't so have any choice. Awesome. So you guys yeah. have a, a a trip planned, obviously. Yes. Soon-ish. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, February. we yeah February we're doing a trip with Elijah Streams to Uganda, and it's going to be awesome. We're yeah. actually going to take people out, and they're going to get to do all of the different ministries that we're involved in: orphan care, agriculture, if they want to, medical. But we're also going to go out and see some of these wells. We're going we're gonna to go and take people to those places that you see on the videos all the time, those water sources um, that are so bad. We're going to take people down and meet the people, the one, each individual person uh, that has been impacted by that water. Not only that, we're going to drill a new well, and people are going to get to come and be a part of that dedication ceremony. Whoa. Yeah, so Whoa. it's going to be awesome. And we just actually added to our itinerary we're going to be having a, a crusade as well a couple of days so chris yeah. overstreet i think y'all have had him on yeah from compassion to action is going yeah. to be with us he's actually part of our board and yeah. so he's going to be bringing some people to join the elijah streams team and we're going to be doing a crusade as well Come so on. i think Come there's on. information in the description the link there is trip. yeah under the stuff we talked about section you guys it's right there if you're interested there's a link there specifically for this trip. Do, how many? Do you guys have a, a limit on how many spots there are? I uh, believe we can we could max it out at around forty. I believe we've got about twenty to twenty five right now. Okay, and so right. we still got it. We still got a few spots, and you can't go to Africa for the first time and not go on a safari. Okay, oh, so we're gonna dude. do that as yeah. well. That's included. You're gonna get to go out into Ugandan uh, terrain and see elephants and hopefully lions and giraffes yeah, and just experience be god's beauty so and yeah. steve so and doreen cool. are going to be there with us too so that'll be fun oh awesome awesome yeah guys that's a great opportunity so again <laughs> if you are interested or if there's someone you know who's interested the link is in the description you can either send them this video or you can click the link copy the url send it to them however you want to do it um but yeah i that's so exciting sure. i so wish i could go but you know well, I, well, you maybe yeah, you can. One of these, one of these days, <laughs> one of these days, you have yeah. to go. It's really amazing when you, I, I, we've had thousands of people come with us, show mercy, doing short-term missions, and ninety-nine point nine percent come back and they say, like, "Wow, this is the most amazing time I've ever experienced." God really spoke to me. God has really done something in my life. Whether they're going to ever do missions trips or again or not, right. um, it really is 
something happens there. And I yeah. want to mention, and I think we're going to show a video in a second, but I yeah. wanted to mention um, our place is called Field of Dreams, which I mentioned before. And some of you may know this movie and some of you may not, but th we got the name for this mission space from the movie Field of Dreams, yeah. which is probably in the 1990s, I believe. Yeah, right? Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner. Yeah. So, and it may have been if you build 80s. it, they will come or something. It's yeah, like there's that, yeah. two lines in there. There's one that says, if you build it, he will come. Oh, he will come. And the other one says, if you build it, they will come. There's two different taglines. And and so for us, when I was walking around this property that we were going to purchase, the Lord spoke to him and he said, remember the movie Field of Dreams? And I hadn't seen it in a long time. So yeah. I went back and I watched it. And that movie really is about a, a son connecting with the father. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, really, when people come to this place, God does something in their heart. Something is awakened inside of them and they're able to connect with the father. Yeah. And when you really know your father the way that he really feels about you, you could trust him. You can know he's, he's always for you. He's not against you. You could follow him because you know, he's not going to lead you down a path. That's going to hurt you. You know, I've heard people say before, I don't ever want to go, please God, never send me to Africa. Please don't do that. I don't want to go careful. To be careful. You pray <laughs> yeah. something like that, guys. But you know, but you never know what, what God's going to do. And so that's part of the, the missions base. And if you build it, they will come. And that's what we felt like the Lord told us our strategy for that property was to build a place where people could come. And since that time, we've had, like I said, thousands of people come yeah. and serve with us. And it's a beautiful uh -huh. place. And so maybe we can share that missions video and we can yeah. talk about Absolutely. Okay. Let's take a look. Purpose. You hear that? That small, steady voice an opportunity to impact in ways you couldn't imagine. That constant push to make a difference, to help provide means to the underserved. Helping the voiceless find their voice. Building foundations on sandy ground. That voice gets louder. The battle within your biggest obstacle. This call will take you beyond your borders, but anything worth anything will cost you something. This is outreach, where change meets purpose. You go further, finding conviction with every step. The journey ahead of you is beautiful. The time is now. Your destiny is calling. Will you answer? Awesome. Yeah. The time is now, you know? Mm. I mean... Right now, God is speaking to some people in this show and he's putting something in your heart. And he's like, I've got something for you. Will you answer the call? Yeah. And you just you just don't know the journey that he's going to take you on um, when you say yes. Yeah. And uh, that's really how that's that's really our journey. It's about saying yes. The way this whole thing got started, I think okay. we were to share it. Maybe even talk about how we met a little bit. Yeah. Just, tell us. Tell us. You, yeah, well, it's a fun, crazy story. It's hard. It's it's crazy to watch the video and to hear Mike talk about the field of dreams and to know what God has done because it, it didn't just like happen overnight. You know, it was like this journey. And I, I, Mike and I were talking today and I was like, I feel like we need to share how we started as a couple because it's like you said, you know, we had our kids and we, we journeyed mm -hmm. along together as a family following God. But it really started with Mike and I. We we went to LSU, Louisiana State University in Baton Rouge. That's the where Tigers. we met. And um, <laughs> at the time, we weren't serving the Lord at all. 
Micah grew up in church. I didn't grow up in church. The Lord wow. was nowhere. At least we didn't think he was anywhere around. And uh-huh. so we were all partying together, hanging out. We had mutual friends. Mike always liked me. I never liked him, even though he thinks that I, I liked him. I can tell you now that this is one of those marriage things, you know, that could come up. But I, she, she always, she always liked me. She'll never admit it. I guess yeah. maybe I did. I didn't realize it. So we all went out together as friends. Uh-huh. And Mike was on a blind date that particular day, and I didn't have a date that day. And so um, I don't know why his blind date ended up driving me back to my apartment. And she was driving. I don't know why you weren't driving. And we get to my apartment and she says to him, you need to walk her to the door. Now, I think that I look back and I think that's so strange. Like your date is going to send right. a guy to the door. So yeah, we're on the side of the apartment, you know, so I had to walk around the front of the building. So we get to the door and Mike decides to kiss me. <laughs> you <laughs> and, sly dog. <laughs> and most of the time I probably would have been like, bam, you know, hit him inside the head. But whenever he kissed me. I saw stars, not because I was dizzy, but it was like, (laughs) I don't know, the weirdest experience. It caught my attention. It was, it was weird. Yeah. So then you have anointed kisses, Mike. Uh, he, he does uh, actually. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we could come on your marriage show next. There we time. go. Yeah, next time. <laughs> yep. So um, we started dating, and we both had you know brokenness in our lives, and so yeah. our begin beginning dating stage was like terrible. You know, we yeah. break up every other week. It no, was she, oh, she yeah. would break up with me. She would break it with me every other week. I was oh. I was steady. Yeah, as soon as we would start, I was locked in. But as soon as we'd start yeah. to get close, she'd be like, "I don't want any part yeah, of this." Yeah, I got she just scared. I, yeah. Looking back now, I know what it was. I was scared to actually let somebody in because I sure. I wanted to be in control of my life. I didn't want to trust anybody was going to love me. I said I would never get married, never have kids, none of that. Anyways, long story short, we dated, we fell in love, we got engaged. The night before we we got married, Mike's dad pulls us aside and he says, "I want you to know, two years ago." Mike has two other brothers. And so his dad would pray for his sons and for their future wives. And he said he was in this prayer time and he was praying for Mike. And suddenly he had a vision of who Mike was going to marry. And he only told his wife and he described this person. And so at that time, I wasn't in Mike's life at all. And he would bring, you know, girlfriends home or whatever to dinner. And they'd leave and his mom would always say, is she the one? And he'd say, well, it kind of looks like you're here, but it's this part, her chin, you know, I don't know, it's Mm -hmm. not her. Mm -hmm. When he brought me home, his parents knew, his dad knew I was the one. And so the night before we got married, he told us about this vision and I was in shock. I was like, I, I just couldn't believe it. And I knew that I knew that God had put us together. And then through a series of events, time went by, There was this one time I was hanging out with the Lord and I don't know why I was having this discussion. I I was telling him I didn't like my name. That's the most random conversation to have with God. I think it stemmed from in Uganda, a lot of visitors that go, a lot of team members that go, we go and visit hospitals and these new moms have babies and they're always letting these team (laughs) members name their children, which is really a cool thing. Yes. And I, and I remember, you know, I'm like, I've founded this organization, Lord, and never once has anybody ever asked me to name their child. And and on top of that, I don't even I don't even think there's a Lori in Uganda. And and why did you name me Lori? And he says to me, "I picked your name." And you know, this is all in my in my it's in my head. I'm I'm soaking with the Lord. I'm just praying, mm-hmm. and I hear him. I picked your name, mm-hmm. and I also picked Mike's name. 
And I'm the one that put the two of you together. And then he said, I want you to say your names together. So I said, Mike and Lori. And he said, no, get rid of the aunt. Mike, Lori. Whoa, 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 whoa. He said, my glory. He said, I put the two of you together to reveal my yeah. glory. And there's other, other things we, that We've happened. been married, you know, for how long? Is that 10, 10 years Probably or something? 10 years. But, and but, we had never, ever thought about that. That and is. Everybody now is thinking about their names, their spouses. Uh, you know. But I just, but, this morning when we were talking about it, I was like, I want to share that story because I feel like there's people and you're wondering, does God have somebody for me? I don't totally understand all the workings of God, but I can tell you from my own personal life, I wasn't serving the Lord. Two years prior to, to me meeting Mike, God gives my future father-in-law, my father-in-law, a vision of me. And I thought back to those years in my life and the stupid things I was doing, the bad decisions I was making, and God still had a plan for me. Yeah. And it just, it, I just wanted to encourage people, if you're waiting, and hopefully you are serving the Lord, but maybe you're not, God's not looking at that. He knows the plans he has for you, and he's got your person. Just hold on, and you can totally, mm. totally trust him. He's going to bring the right person for you. He's going to bring your mic and, and your Lori and bring it together for my yeah. glory, for his glory. And so we wanted to share that part of the story. Mm -hmm. but. Also, how we began our journey with Show Mercy. So, fast forward to well, 2002. Well, I, I wanted to pick up where she left off. You know, people always think, and we talked about this before, that like if you're in ministry, you must have it all together. If God's yeah. doing this with you, you must have it all together. Oh, or Mike, you know, Mike and Lori must have just been spending like every waking day listening to the Lord. It's not like that. And that's why mm -hmm. we're average, normal people who were hungry for something. And and I just want to share a little bit about our story about, about me. And, you know, when I was in my early twenties, I went, worked for a company and was very just like driven for profit, for moving up in the company. And I was good. I got promoted like seven times in five years. And we wow. actually, moved, wow. we moved like five times in seven years. We moved like packed up, moved in a short amount of time. And I got to a place where I was doing really, really well. And I was interviewing for vice president positions with this multi-billion dollar company, making a lot of money. We had we had what people can, would consider the American dream. We lived in a big mm -hmm. house on a hill in Knoxville, Tennessee, mm -hmm. driving a Lexus convertible, you know, yeah. the whole whole thing that everybody would say. And it wasn't like we weren't serving the Lord at that point. We were. Uh, we were. I was leading worship. She was doing women's ministry and different things. But we there was something inside of us that was just kind of missing. And so I'm interviewing for all these positions and I'm, I'm just so burdened with having to get promoted. And there came a time when I was interviewing for, for these positions and I had gone to a couple of ones. And one time we had three people in our, in our state that were interviewing for a position. And, um, you know, the two, the other two guys got promoted and I didn't. Wow. And it, it broke my heart. Because you, yeah, you were the you the guy that got promoted. You that was your thing. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, it, you That's know, and it said my identity was completely in what I did, how much money I made, how successful my region was. That's what I that what I you know that was was all about. And so it devastated me. And I think back about it, and I'm like, wow, I, I why was I so devastated? But I think honestly that God was kind of closing a door, about to open another door because Lori 
had a dream. I don't know if you want to share that real quick. I think it was it was it was a little bit before that happened. I had we were at Mike's parents. We were living in Tennessee at the time. Mike's parents lived in Mississippi. Mm -hmm. And I remember we were visiting for Thanksgiving and I had a dream. And in this dream, we went to go visit this church that we had never been to in Tennessee. And in the church, I think the pastor was giving us a word or something. So we get done Thanksgiving, we go home and I think it's January. And finally, I think we wake up one Sunday and I think we were going to church at that time, but we were helping to plan a church. And so they weren't meeting on Sundays yet. We were meeting more like a home group. So our Sunday was free. We went to go visit this church that I had had in the dream. And sure enough, you know, we are sitting in the back and, you know, put our kids in, in Sunday school and we're sitting in the back and the pastor calls us out. And he gives us a word. And he tells us to stand up. And yeah, it's just like the dream. Stand. It's just like the dream. And so I'm a little, I'm freaking out a little bit. <laughs> and the gist of his word was this. What is seemingly a failure, God is going to turn into a triumph. Wow. Now. You, you look back and you could see that. At the time, though, we were like, what does that mean? Yeah. You know, what is seemingly a failure? I'm not failing. I, you're like, I don't, I don't fail. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, That's like, not my thing. Yeah. But you kind of look back and you're like, wow, this whole time God was setting us up because he had something better for us. It's not like what we were doing was bad, but he had yeah. a specific purpose for us. And I believe each person, God has put a specific purpose in your life. And and so we, we want to encourage you to follow that. So we, we get to this point where I am so frustrated after not getting this position and something began to stir inside of me and just like, there's got to be more. There's mm -hmm. got to be more to this. And I was still, it wasn't like I... I was not going to get another position. You know, my bosses were pushing me to apply for different places. And I was kind of at this point where like, I felt like I was going to get promoted pretty soon, but there was something inside. No, there's gotta be, there's gotta be more. So I don't know. There was a series of events that happened, but I had this stirring inside of me. It's like, you know what? You need to put your house for sale. And I'm like, put our house for sale. Why would we do that? What am I, what am I, why would I do, where am I going to go? If somebody buys my house, what are my employees going to say? I had, I don't know how many, couple hundred employees or so that at the time I'm like if somebody drives to my house and they see it for sale they're gonna think I'm yeah we used to have home group too at our house and some of his some of his staff would, would were a part of that and so so I'm praying and this is a crazy now this is where I I don't encourage people to do everything <laughs> okay. we do you have to okay. do what God's called and you yes. to do yeah. um, but I'm praying I'm like I'm like God if this is really you if this is really you and you really want me to put my house for sale I need you to show me a sign that's what I said. And right then I had this vision of a literal sign. Okay. And the sign said for sale by owner. And the owner was like crossed out like a ghostbuster symbol. Uh -huh. and, yeah. Uh -huh. And it right below it said, God for sale by God. He said, I've given you everything. Be willing to give it back to me basically. Oof, yeah. And so I'm like, wow. Now this is where the, the business might, I don't even, I can't even believe I did this and I think back, but I'm happy I did. I actually made that literal sign. I made a sign that said for sale by God and I stuck it in my yard. You did. Yes. This is the crazy thing though, Jeff. <laughs> yeah. So in that, in that season in our life, so Mike is working in the corporate world, working 60, 70 hours a week. Uh -huh. I get, to, I'm a stay at home mom and, you know, going to Bible studies all the time. It right. was my first introduction to Elijah list at the time. I mean, the internet wow. was just, you know, <laughs> arising <laughs> and whatever. Uh -huh. And I mean, Elijah list was my, my, my thing in, in Tennessee. Wow. There wasn't a lot of what seemed to be Holy spirit moving or people believing in that. And so I remember I would just feed on 
Elijah list all the time. And so for me to watch my husband go from this place of despair, discouragement, feeling like a failure, I was shocked that he didn't rise up and like pursue some other business opportunity. Instead, he's running to the Lord, which would be my prayer and was my prayer. But I was in shock. As I felt like I was watching an out-of-body experience my husband uh-huh. pursuing the Lord, well, seeking uh, the Lord. Let's just, be, let's just be honest and clear with everybody. I mean, she was the one who was really pursuing the Lord. I was pursuing my corporate world. And she actually prayed. And she she's part of the reason for this. She prayed and said, Lord, Mike is torn. He's like, one second he wants to do ministry. One second he wants to do... Just I'm I'm gonna pray. No, she came to me and she said, Tell me what you want. Just tell me what you want, and that's what I'm gonna pray for. I said, Okay, I wanna I wanna move up in the company. I wanna get promoted. That's what I told her. So she goes back and starts praying the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash give and become a partner today. Now, now how does that work? Way to go, Lori. You know what I mean? So anyway, I put yeah. this, so I'm going through this thing where I put this sign on a yard. We have somebody come look at the house. And then we, this same couple is coming back to look at the house another time. And so we're thinking, what are we going to do? Where are we going to move? What am I going to And this is the funny thing, too. We'd have these home groups at our house, and I was so embarrassed about what I had done that I would take the sign down and throw it under the garage. And then the people would come from our home group, and then they would leave, and I'd go and stick it back That's in the yard. Because awesome. I was like, yeah. what am I going to say? Yeah. I got a, our next door neighbor is a Methodist pastor. He, 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 was, thought, he we thought we were crazy. completely crazy. Of course, which we yeah. probably were. Yeah, you know, but uh, we good, have this good couple crazy, coming though. back. Good crazy. Yeah, yeah, good crazy, exactly. Yeah. And uh, this couple's coming back, and they call us the day that they're coming, and they say, "I'm sorry, we can't come because the banks are closed." And we're like, "It was Columbus Day, mm-hmm. like 2002 or something." Like that. Yeah. And um, so we're like, "Oh my gosh, this couple, this couple's gonna buy our house. They're, they're the banks are closed. They were gonna go to the bank and get a get a check for us, just put a deposit on the house." And we're like, "What are we gonna do?" And so I don't know what rose up in me that moment, but I'm like, okay, I've got to go pray. I know, I feel like we're supposed to sell our house. I don't know what we're going to do. I don't even know where we're going to go or do anything. Mm -hmm. But I went upstairs and this is where I was not, I was not like the most spiritual person at the time. So this is really strange for me. But I go upstairs into one of our spare rooms. I close the door and I start praying. And this is where you got to be careful what you, what you pray. Mm -hmm. I said, Lord, I'll go anywhere for you. I'll do anything for you, but I need you to speak to me right now and tell me where we're going. I said, you don't even have to tell me what we're going to be doing. Just tell me where we're going. And right then I heard his voice and I heard him say, Crabtree, Oregon. And I'm like, what is Crabtree, Oregon? So, But then I was like, you, you talk yourself out of it. I heard it clearly, but I'm like, no, Lord, really. I want to hear where do you want me to go? And he said, I just told you, Crabtree, Oregon. You'll find it on a map south of Portland. And so I'm like, okay, everything's south of Portland. I know now. But at the time, we had never been to the West Coast, never been over there. So I go downstairs to the the little internet that we had, and I typed in from weather.com. I typed in Crabtree, Oregon, just to see if there even was a place. And there was two Crabtrees in the entire country, Crabtree, Oregon, and Crabtree, Pennsylvania. And so I'm like, wow, this is amazing. I heard the Lord. So I come down, I tell Lori, Lori, we're moving to Oregon. <laughs> and I'm like, quiet. you're going to wake the girls up. And yeah. they're like, what are you talking about? I said, we are not moving to Oregon. That is too far from your parents. And he's like, no, the Lord spoke to me. And I said, well, 
he's gonna have to talk to me too because you know i i don't know and looking at she's the one that's hearing the lord i'm just like uh, this crazy crazy business guy it was hard to to trust him and to really know that he was hearing god's voice and but god is so good and so that next week we we just pray we like god we need some confirmation so that next week we had three different things that happened the the final one happened on a sunday we had gotten home from church and a friend of ours called so this happened on a monday when mike heard crabtree oregon we're here at Sunday. But yeah. wait, I'm gonna stop you. Okay. Because because the other I, I gotta tell you, the other two things were important because mm-hmm. they were they were signs. One I'm just tell you real quick. One guy saw a vision that we had spoken to of a, of a map of the United States and it had a cross on it. And the south and the east of the cross were on fire, and the north and the west weren't. He said, "I feel like you may you, you're gonna be moving either north or west." Well, to me, that's a confirmation from tenants northwest. Uh huh. Then yeah. she goes and a, a pastor's praying for her, and a couple few days later, and and he, as he's praying for her, he has a vision. And he says, I just had a vision of where my sister lived, these cinder cones, where my sister lives in Oregon. And it's the sisters, you know. The, oh, yeah. The, the uh-huh. Cinder cones. Yeah. And and so she comes back from that and asks, and I say, did anything happen? And she's like, well, this this person, you know, told me that they saw cinder cones, whatever, from Oregon. But they're from there. So maybe that's just got, I'm like, that's a confirmation. So yeah. before we get to this last one, we're like, okay, God. We've got these things that are happening that seem to be confirmations, but we need you to have somebody call yeah. us up yeah. that doesn't know anything about our situation and tell us Oregon. If you have somebody do that, we'll pack up. I'll leave my company and move. Now, that sounds like that doesn't sound like a lot of faith, does it? I mean, yeah. God speaks to you almost in an yeah. audible voice. Yeah. You, you, you question <laughs> what he's doing. You ask for more and more yeah. confirmation. It's a bit like a Gideon moment, you know, when he's constantly like, okay, God, yeah. if this is you, then do this. Okay, now, God, if this is you, then do this. You know, I've when been When we there. tell this story, though, it's like people are like, wow, that's crazy. But it really does not say a lot at the time for our faith other than sure. we were. But, I mean, maybe. It, but it but, says a lot. It says a lot about God. Yeah. It says a lot that he'll meet you where you're uh-huh. at. And some people maybe need more. Some people may need less, but we needed more. And so, so we get home from church that Sunday and our friend Sherry calls us and she says, Hey, I'm sorry. I've been busy the whole week, but the Lord woke me up Tuesday morning at five o'clock in the morning. I'm just now getting my phone call to you. And he has a word for you. And so she starts to give us all these different descriptions of what we're going to be doing in ministry. And she said, you were married for ministry. And then she sees all these kinds of things. And then at the end she says, Oh yeah. And then I saw you driving. And you turn left into pine trees. And I heard the Lord say, Oregon. Does that um, mean anything to yeah. you? Dude. And we're like crying. I hand the phone over to Mike. She shares with him. He's crying. We're crying. It's interesting. She actually said Oregon. I think that was your flesh interpreting. God, there's no way God <laughs> would say Oregon. Yeah, but we'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> so, Mike, so I, Mike yeah, we, we went and ended up. Um, there's a few more things happen, but we ended up leaving our entire, I left my company. They actually yeah. gave me a severance, which is crazy. Wow. They actually, Yeah. I went, to, I felt like I was supposed to go to them and ask them to pay me to leave, but they were supposed to pay me to leave. And I told them what had happened without all of the major details. And they agreed. They said they've never done it before and they'll probably never do it again. But they did. They blessed me because I was doing well at the company. Man. And we ended up getting a third of our yearly salary over the next six weeks. Come on. We moved out to Oregon and didn't know a single person. The only connection that we had in Oregon was Elijah Lewis Ministries. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
we actually called yeah. the office there asking them if they could tell us anything about this area, Crabtree, Oregon, Albany, what have you. Yeah, what part to, to live yeah. in and, and all of that. And so we ended up moving there. And then we were trying to figure out what, what are we doing? And so we get there and we're like super excited, super on fire. I mean, when you've had an encounter like that with the Lord and he moves you across the United States to the other side, you're like, let's go. And the church we ended up getting involved in had just finished going through a revival. And they were like, like over a hundred days. They were in this rest period. And we're like, come on, let's go. And they're like, we've been going, we're tired, we're resting. And so I think out of that, we, I, I just said to Mike one day, I said, look, you've got to go to Africa or something because you hear God's moving there. And so he looked up a missions trip and he went to Rwanda the first time. And you, y'all, you did crusades there. Yeah, we you know, it's crazy to even think about that. I was just a random thing. You need to go to Africa because I hear God's moving there. You know, it's, it right. sounds kind of crazy. And I never had a desire to do that. And that's what, you know, we'd never thought about missions. It was just some yeah. of those things that God's like, I need to show you that I'm real and I'm alive again and, and that I'm moving. And so yeah. when I went over there, my heart was just really impacted by the kids. Mostly we would go out and do ministry and we were around just children that were my daughter's ages that were, you could tell were not in healthy places that were digging through trash that didn't yeah. have anything. And I came back and I told Lori, I said, you've got to go see this. You have to go. We have to do something. And she didn't want to, but she ended up agreeing to go on a trip with us three months, a trip three months later to Uganda. And that's when we first went to Uganda on a short term mission trip. And just saw God move in powerful ways, saw signs and wonders and miracles. But Lori maybe can share what he really did in your heart. Well, I yeah. think it it really broke fear off of me. And and I we were supposed to go share at a church. And so they ask you before the Sunday service, who wants to go share? And Mike raises his hand. And so I'm like, I'm gonna get to see my husband preach in church. This is gonna be so yeah. <laughs> awesome. The night before, he says to me, I'm not doing it. I think you're supposed to do it. Okay, I am not a public speaker. I mean, I am now, I can be. Mm-hmm. But back then, I'm like, I was comfortable doing women's Bible studies and doing one-on-one things and not standing up in front of a bunch of strangers. And so I was nervous. And not only that, out of 40 people on that trip, my bag was the only bag that got lost. So I had none of my clothes. What? None of my clothes. So oh, it was like total stretch, total stretch. We get to that church. And I stand up before these people and I just begin sharing a little bit of my testimony, a little bit about from Exodus. And suddenly the Holy Spirit falls on me and I start calling people out of the, the service and giving them words of knowledge. Mm. I don't know these people at all. Anyways, I, after I got done, I was so, I was in shock that God would use me to go and minister to these people and the children that I saw, the love that just came out of my heart for them. Like I told you earlier, I was, I had declared stupidly, I'm never getting married. I'm never having kids. (laughs) I'm not really that kid person. Look what I'm doing. Show Mercy International, (laughs) ministering to kids. I (laughs) fell in love with these kids and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and he said, you know that love you're feeling? That's how I feel about you a gazillion times over. And God really just tore and broke fear off of me and did so much in Mike too. 
And then we went to Heidi Baker's place. We went to some other places in Africa. And one thing led to another. And the Holy Spirit just began saying, you need to do something. So we went to the church and said, hey, we feel like maybe we're here to help y'all start something at the church for, for missions. And they prayed about it. And they said, no, we feel like God brought you here because he wants you to start something. Wow. And so that's how we got started. And we didn't even know what we were doing. We didn't even know what we were going to call our ministry. We just started flipping through the Bible, looking for a cool <laughs> something. Got to the story of the Good Samaritan, who's the good neighbor, the one who shows mercy. Knew that's what we were supposed to do. And started off just helping 50 kids in Uganda. And one thing led to another. And God kept saying, through people, people coming alongside us. So many people coming alongside us and encouraging us. God wants to do more. And we take a step. Now where we have our Field of Dreams space, as I watch that missions video, it almost brings me to tears because I think back in 2006, excuse me, a friend said, you're thinking too small. God wants you to buy some property and he wants you to do more. And we were thinking, I don't even know how to do more. Like, what would we do? And so we bought this property and it just happened to be in the midst of a Muslim village. We had already bought it, already signed our name on the paper. And then find out it's in a Muslim village. And then we're like, what the heck, God? A Muslim village? Are you trying to kill us? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. what are you doing? Yeah. And now, after since 2006, whenever we bought that property until now, God has been doing crazy, amazing things mm. through Show Mercy. And now with Elijah Streams, Elijah Fire, it's mm. incredible. It's yeah. incredible. You know, that whole... That's why we want to, we encourage people to go on trip. And, you know, there's this debate about people ask me all the time, like, hey, I was thinking about going on a trip, but would it be better if I sent you the money or if I went on the trip? That's like the debate. Like, uh-huh. are you going to spend three thousand dollars on a you know to go on a trip or can I just send three thousand dollars? You help. And I always tell people to come. Yeah, because, yeah. you know, it's purse. It's people that they care about. It's not it's not you know, just, just doing things for them. It says a lot to them when somebody comes and ministers to them, but not only that, but what it does to you is really the most impact. That's the thing I've talked about. You know, like when I was in YWAM, I worked in recruiting too. So talked to a lot of different people who are interested in missions. And, and that was kind of one of the common denominators of all of my stories. When I reflect on things that I'd done and God had done, I, I just said like, it is inevitable that you are changed because of it and even if like you were saying mike earlier about like even if it's the last thing you ever do missions wise over in this country mm-hmm. but something i say um intermittently on this show is i think everyone needs to get out of especially if you're in a, a like a a western country everybody needs to get out of a western country and see the world from a different perspective because it really sure. does put things into perspective uh, number one here, first of all, you know, just to address people who are talking about how horrible America is and how torturous it is to live here. I'm like, you clearly have not been out of the country. I would encourage you to go and see how bad some people really have it. It'll put things into perspective for you. And it also puts it in perspective of how many resources we actually have at our disposal to help people, you know? It's true. Yeah. It also, I think for me, I love having people go because you discover more of who God's made you to be. Yeah. And so whenever, whenever I came back from my first trip, I didn't want to go because my kids were little. 
and I was going to have to leave them with my, you know, with Mike's parents. And then I was going to get on the plane and then I was scared it was going to crash. And then I was scared <laughs> about you the afraid food. afraid of, and- uh, of fly- flying? I don't think I was afraid of flying, but I don't know. There's something about, I don't know, being on a plane for so long, you know, Mm -hmm. and I don't know. You just start, you start thinking differently and thinking about your kids and different Uh things. So I was scared. But when I came back, I couldn't help but go to Walmart and like start praying for everybody. I see people in the parking lot. I just like bend down, start. I remember this one person. I mean, I was, I was the crazy love Jesus. I know he's going to show up and he did. Person chasing blind people down the street. Oh my gosh, in Corvallis, chasing blind people. It just set me on fire and it just broke fear off of me. And I was just like, you know, I don't care what people think about me anymore. Mm -hmm. I know what Jesus did on the cross for me. And it wasn't just so that I could go to heaven, it's so that we can see the fullness of his kingdom here. And people come and something starts to unravel and and untangle them from who their everyday life says they are to more of who God says you are and what you can do with him. And so, yeah, I think every person should go. Yeah, absolutely. So what would you guys say if you could kind of take everything that you talked about and, and distill it down into kind of like a morsel that people can consume, digest, process, what would you say is one of the big, or maybe it's a couple of things, big message of, of your life that you've seen God do what's the big thing you'd like to communicate to people as a result of what God has done in your life? I think that God can use anybody and will use anybody. You know, we always say that God can use you. Um, God wants, you know, but I think God wants to use you and it doesn't have to be in ministry. It could be in anything in business Mm -hmm. or whatever, but Mm -hmm. there's something I would, I would say that you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be holier than everybody else. You have to be hungry. Yeah, and that's the that's the main thing. Hungry for God's plans and purposes in your life, and if you step out, you could trust Him. That's the other thing I would say is a lot of people. God has blessed us so much. I mean, just personally in our family and everything, our ministry, He's blessed us so much in spite of us. Hmm. That's the way I, you know, it's not because of us; it's in spite of us. Oh man, that's good. And if He does (laughs) it for us, He He will do it for you because He's Hmm. no respecter of persons. Mm-hmm. He, he feels the same way about you in a different way than he feels about us. And you could trust him if you believe he's a good father. That's that's the hard thing for some people, I think, is that if you don't really understand his heart towards you of kindness and of love and of goodness and of good plans. And, you know, you could be afraid that if you say to him, God, I'll go anywhere for you or do anything for you that he's going to put you on a path that's going to hurt you or that's not going to be fun or it's going to be, not that it's always fun, you know, but it's going to be, it's not going to make your life turn out the way he wants it to. And I could say that I believe that he will do that Mm. with each person here. He will, Mm. he hears your heart desires and he knows what's best for you. I think Mm. the other thing, as I look back, whenever, before we actually knew what God was going to do with our lives, we were getting our finances in order our marriage was, was, you know, we were still growing in it, but we were working on building us as people. And so it's one thing if you, you, everybody, God has a plan and a purpose for all of us. And he has ministry for all of us. You don't have to go to the other side of the planet to do ministry. It can be in your family. It can be your next door neighbor. It's just whenever you're living life, just going to the grocery store, whatever it's ministry, but getting your life in order with him and not just like thinking you're going to walk on water but yet you're not taking care of your, your 
not, you know, the things in the natural, like you're not loving your family or you're a yeah, compulsive is, spender, like really yeah. getting your life in order as much as you can with mm-hmm. him being prepared so that when, if he does do something extravagant, like he did with us, you're ready and, and, and ready to go. And I think like Mike said, the other thing is being willing to take a risk. Mm-hmm. Um, not just mm-hmm. saying like, mm-hmm. just if God gives you prophetic words, beginning to step out with them. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be some like jumping off the cliff, like taking those baby steps with him and being willing to take a risk with him and to love people while you're doing it. That's what I would encourage people to do because yeah. God didn't just bam suddenly thrust us into this thing. It was definitely a process. Cause when we first got to Oregon, the Lord told Mike not to work for a year. And that Whoa. was the hardest thing for him. <laughs> oh, we man. had money saved and, and God provided. Sure. That's when the preparation comes in. You know, like yeah. if we hadn't, if he hadn't prompted us to, to get out of debt and to save, we would have been in a hard situation to be able to say, yeah. But I think the yeah. main thing in that was that Mike discovered yeah. who he was, uh, not what he did. So, so mm-hmm. like, you know, what's the first thing that somebody says to you when they meet you? What do you do? You're like, and I'm like, oh, I'm a stay-at-home dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's what I felt. I felt like what a of it? Basically, yeah, you know, yeah. because before it was all about what my position and what I uh-huh. did. Yeah, yeah so, so just took- just discovering who you are in him. Yeah, so good. When I I, I was li- you know listening to your guys' story and a lot of unknown variables, right? You were like, okay, we need you need to take this next step. And I'm going to do it from the sign to praying up in your room to all this stuff, moving to Oregon. It was all these un. It, every step of the way was these unknown variables. And, and I was, you know, I told you guys backstage that I was on a, a podcast last night and it was planned for an hour and we talked for three. Cause I basically just told a lot of my life story. And I was just afterwards, I was so in awe of, of what God has done in my life because I listened because I was mm-hmm. obedient. And I think the same could be said for you guys. And the image I got actually while you guys were talking was actually stippling. So uh, do you guys know what stippling is? Okay. No. So for those that don't know what it is, it's it's a type of art where you it's made by little tiny dots. And people mm-hmm. make these immaculate images, just look up stippling art on Google. And there's all these amazing art pieces where they look photo real, but then when you go up to them, it's just tiny little mm-hmm. dots. And mm-hmm. I really feel like that's an image of our walk with the Lord. And so often we'll, we're just like, you can't, cause you're so micro-focused when you do it, that you're just individual dots. But when you pull back, you actually yeah. right. see an image take shape, right? But right. each of those little dots are those little moments of obedience for us that God says like, don't worry about it. Trust me. It's awesome. And then you start to like, see it take shape. And you're like, oh no, it's a tiger. And then you go farther and you're like, no, 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 it's a tiger with robot legs and then you pull that (laughs) tiger with robot legs and shooting lasers out of its eyes this thing's awesome you know what i mean like you just like and what i mean is it's so unexpected when we follow god right where you think Mm -hmm. and and, and sometimes people think they got they're like all right god i'm done i got the rest i can take care of the rest but see that's like Mm -hmm. that's when you really squander the move of god in your life when you start to try and take control but just walking in obedience like you guys were just each little tiny pinprick. What's the next step for me? Boom. There's another pinprick. What's the next step after that? There's another pinprick. And as you walk and, and you pursue the Lord, you see it take shape. And I think I just kept hearing the question, 
uh, for people. Am I in the right position? Because you were talking about like, okay, you know, I'm not speaking you know ill of people in the corporate world or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. It wasn't about that. But the question was, am I in the right position? Am I where God wants right. me to be right now? And I think that's the real question of um, that we need to be asking ourselves. And so, um, yeah, yeah. That's so awesome. good, you guys. You know, when you were saying that, it made me it made me think to something I wanted because yeah, we obviously had a very clear word to move. Yeah. But then later on, you begin questioning, okay, I knew I heard him say go here, but did I miss a turn? You know, right. did I, you know, and yeah. so and then I think and I would question myself. There was there was one time in particular that I remember I was just like really upset and and felt like I had made this huge mistake. You know, I was like, I've ruined my kids' lives. They're not going to get to go to college. We don't have the money anymore. You know, all this, all these things. And we actually had a, a prophet, Bobby Connor, who I think has been on the show. Before. Yeah, Bobby Connor's legit. You know, we we were uh, we were praying, and actually, I was writing and kind of like journaling. And I was like, God, I need somebody that doesn't know anything about our situation to tell me that I did the right thing for the right reason. Mm -hmm. That I'm not just like maybe I just wanted to quit working 60 hours a week, you know, and just go do something that's easier. And we were at church uh, in in Albany, and Bobby Connor was there speaking and he's preaching a message and all of a sudden he walks or he just not, stops in the middle of his message and he points and he points and he walks over to me and goes, Hey, you know, Bobby is, he's like, you're, yeah. you're the guy that likes, you're the like, guy that likes to journal. Yeah. And that's all he, like, you're, yeah, you're the guy There's that likes like to journal. 600 people at this. Yeah. Conference. And I'm like, what in the world? I like to journal. And so he, and then he stops and he goes back to preaching and I'm looking over like telling Laura, I'm like, yeah, I wish we should be journaling. Yeah. Maybe the yeah. Like, You're <laughs> failing. You, know, you need to write everything yeah. down. Yeah. You're we not were journaling. Just... Bobby said it. But that's all he said in the middle of his message. He wasn't like just prophesying over people. And then yeah. the next day he's there again and he's preaching again and we're, we're sitting. Yeah. We decided we're going to move to a different part. Of the further away. You know? uh, <laughs> failing in the darker part of the, yeah. Uh, yeah. And he's preaching again and he stops again and he walks down the aisle and he points to us and goes, there you are. You're the guy that likes to journal. Oh, he goes, goodness. you really, he goes, you really are in the right place for the right reason. You really are in the right place for the right reason. You really are in the right place for the right reason. That ought to help you. And then he got up and walked back and finished his <laughs> And that is exactly what Mike had typed in his computer to his letter to God. You've got to have somebody tell me I'm in the right place. Oh, my goodness. Come we on. We had so many stories like that. But I think you're right. It's about being It's one of those dots. Yeah. Yep. So I, we can look back now and say, wow, there was a dot. There was a uh -huh. confirmation. There was, like, something we needed yeah. at the time to create this picture. But at the time, you don't know. You're just, like, going uh -huh. through hard times. And so, uh -huh. you know. You might there might be people here that are going through really hard times, uh, yeah. but you're actually creating a dot right now. Come on. What did you call it again? What did you call it? Stippling. Stippling. Yeah. Stippling. Yeah. S T I P P P L I N G. Stippling. Yeah. Okay. Look it up, people. Look it up, everybody. Yeah. yeah. So um, well, guys, I would love for you to pray for people specifically about that stuff that you're talking about. Um, I know there's a lot of people going through a lot of stuff right now. And they needed to hear that much like you did with Bobby Connor. That ought to help mm -hmm. you, you know? Yeah, um, I yeah. I think that God wants to do that for other people right now. So I would love for you guys to pray. Okay. So father, we just yeah. come to you in Jesus name. And Lord, I thank you for every person that's listening to this yeah. father. You know exactly what, where we're at, what we're going through, you know, every single thing about us. And I just thank you that we can just rest in that. 
And Lord, just like we've shared our testimony, Lord, I pray that it would begin to stir people to believe for more. And God, one of the ways that you would speak to us was through dreams. And so, Father, I'm asking that you would just begin to stir up dreams in people. That in their nighttime, God, you would begin to speak to them, God. That you would begin to send Bobby Connors into their life, just like you did for us, God. You would send those friends that would help to bring direction and clarity of the next steps, Lord, that you would begin to stir people, that they would get a hunger for more of you. And like Jeff said, that they would they would be listening of the right place for them, the right positioning for them. And God, you would give them the strength and the desire to be obedient. You had this woman one time pay us money and 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 we had bought her a sandwich and then she came afterwards after we bought her her, her hamburger she came over and she threw twenty dollars down on our table and and she said go buy your kids some ice cream and you spoke to us lord and you said it pays to be obedient and so god i just thank you even now you're giving people courage to be yes. obedient because sometimes it is scary but god you are so big you are so good you are so faithful God, I pray you would begin to stir up people to get positioned in the right place, to have the courage to do it. And also, God, for those that are waiting for their husband or their wife, God, just like you knew the plans you had for us, God, that you orchestrated it way before we were even there. God, I know you've done that. And I pray, God, you would just stir up a faith in people to believe and to stand and to hold the line until to stand and see your salvation, to see your breakthrough come for them, God. I pray that you would just give them that courage and just break off that spirit of depression, that spirit of just loneliness. I just break it off right now in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Holy Spirit. You are the comforter. You are our friend. We are friends of God. We are sons and daughters of the Most High God. Thank you, God, that we get to live this life today and we get to do this with you. And so, Lord, we thank you for stirring up faith, stirring up courage, mm -hmm. encouragement, and God, that boldness to step out and into what it is that you're calling us to. And maybe you're not going to call us to step out and into something. Maybe it's to rise higher where you've got us positioned now, God. So bring that contentment in you, God. And we just, we just bless every person right now that's listening. And we just pray this in Jesus' name. Mm -hmm. Amen. 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 Guys. I just, I love it. Love the story. Love what God has done in your life. Um, and uh, just thank you so much for sharing. And man, it was great. So good. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks, thanks, thanks for, for letting us share it. Just it's like yeah. you said, it, it's, we've got all these dots and now we're remembering it. it's just like stirred faith up inside of me, like just yeah. to keep pressing on and yeah, come on. So thank come you. On. Yeah. So how can people follow you? Um, I know you guys are kind of all over the place in terms of you on different platforms and stuff like that. Yeah, if you just type in Show Mercy International pretty much on any platform, you'll see it pull up. Um, mm -hmm. Our website. Facebook, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We're on Twitter too? Yeah. Okay. Facebook, Twitter, yeah. Instagram, <laughs> YouTube. X now. Yeah. Showmercy.org. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. X, that's right. X yeah. marks the spot. Yep. Yep. Yeah. 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 And, you yeah. know, if, if anybody has any questions about trips or anything, you could go to our website and just send us a message. At the bottom of every page, there's a little contact form. And we can send you more information. I want people to pray about going yeah. on the Elijah Streams trip. I think it's going to be the time is right. It's mm -hmm. going to be an, an important moment in Uganda and an important moment in a lot of people's history that are going to go. God is going to put mm -hmm. another dot on your picture and it's going to, I think, launch some people into their next phase of whatever oh, it is on. that God has. So that's good. Yeah, that's so good. Join us. February 6th February. through the 17th. There we go, guys. And yep. the link is in the description under stuff we talked about. 
super easy to find click it <laughs> pray about it and then yes. go all right yeah the answer is yes. yes okay yes. <laughs> that's right that's right so thank you so awesome. much you guys this is awesome thank you thank you yeah so everybody that's our show uh have a great evening tune in tomorrow which is friday we've got kelsey o'malley back friend of the show yes, good friend is. of mine we love her so uh it's gonna be great and she obviously always has something super just hard-hitting meaty she's got like tons of notes that i have not read yet so uh, super <laughs> exciting so that's at 2 p.m pacific time 5 p.m eastern time we love you guys and we'll see you then okay bye this has been elijah fire thanks for listening for more episodes like this you can check out the elijah fire podcast on elijahfire.com on apple spotify or wherever you get your podcasts you can watch us live every weekday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahFire.com give for more info on how you can donate today.